Welcome to the Millennial Missions Podcast. Our heart is to connect missionaries all around the world, filling them with hope as they strive to fulfill their calling in Christ and to empower others to go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennial Missions Podcast. My name is Tyler Lee, and I'm just so thankful and honored to have you with us today. I have a special guest with us today on the podcast. His name is Josh X. I know him from school, Bible school days, uh, Rama Bible yeah. College, training college. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Josh, welcome to the podcast, man. Man, thanks so much. And I just got to say right off the bat, good job pronouncing my last name because it's spelled so weird. I usually get like Egypts or eggs or something. You hit it right now, like right on the head, man. X, really good job. <laughs> but thanks for well, having you know, me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that. Like, I remember like, uh, you know, cause our mutual friend, you know, John Paul, which you've had him on yeah. your podcast. I've had him on my podcast. And, uh, and then when he always talked about you before I met you, like, I thought it was a nickname. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? Like he's Josh X. How did he get that nickname? X? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what did, he, yeah, man. Did, he, did he come from a gang or something? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah that, no. I mean, like growing up in high school, that was my name. They just be like, Hey X. It was just so much easier than, than yeah. Josh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you, you had it more simpler than me. Like in high school, I was Lee. There um, you go. But you know, Tyler's one more syllable than Josh. But I mean, I feel like that's what it is. They're really not, it's really not easier to say X than Josh. Yeah, exactly. But, but hey, you, it, it worked. Yeah. It stuck. So we'll yeah. go with it. Well, you host a, your own podcast and uh, you actually had me on and yeah. um, which I was very, very honored and thankful to do. That meant a lot that you reached out, but um, you know, why don't you just, why don't we start off and you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we started the podcast, I think it was November of 2020. Um, and the name of it is Greg Rich Ministries Podcast. That's the ministry that I work for and travel with. It's, uh, you know, really a family ministry. And uh, we do a lot of missions work and had the opportunity to go to a lot of different countries and meet some amazing people. And so I wanted to really be able to find a way to bridge the gap to continue to talk to those people without being there. And that was really the heart behind it. It's, you know, I have a friend that always says the kingdom of God is a kingdom of relationships. And Tyler, you know, when you're on a mission field, sometimes it's really hard. You have to be really intentional about keeping relationships with people yeah. because life goes on. People, you know, especially you guys are in Guatemala. You still have relationships here back in the U.S. So you have to be very intentional about continuing to develop those relationships. So, um, you know, for the podcast, we had been to Brazil and Kenya and all these different places. And I didn't want my only time to talk to these people to be, you know, whenever we were there, I wanted to keep that heart relationship. So that's the reason we started it. So we started asking people to come on with really just the purpose of continuing to develop relationships. But um, in that time, while we were doing it, uh, you know, you start to hear the hearts of people, not only for God, but for their nations and then the other nations. And so it's really been an, an amazing experience. Um, it's available on every platform, just like this podcast is if people are interested, but um, we have guests from Guatemala, from Brazil, from Africa, from uh, Norway, Spain, all over the world. And so I encourage people to to go check it out because uh, you'll just be inspired by what people are doing and really what they've sacrificed to fulfill what God has asked them and called them to do. 
Yeah, I would I would encourage anybody to listen to it because like if you are if you are somebody that is interested in hearing some some amazing stories, then yeah. I mean I feel like I feel like there's not really a better podcast out there than the Gregor Itch Ministry podcast because I mean, like you just said, I mean, you are literally talking to people all around the world, you know, yeah, um, like every continent, right? Close to yeah. Yeah, and we and, just we had a guest on. Um, his name's Joe Fisher. You may uh, yeah. know of him. He he was from Rama, but he came. He's been he's in the Middle East right now. But he was in uh, China and eight different parts of Asia, and he had some stories that you're just like, man, that was God. It, I mean, they were taking Bibles into to uh, I think it was China, and the security guard that they got searched their bags, found the Bibles, and he just looked at them and was like glory to god the security guard did this and this like they were so afraid they're like oh these are gonna get confiscated we're gonna get thrown in jail but they just so happened which we know it's not a coincidence (laughs) um to come on the one security guard that was a believer and just let them through and so that's like one example of a lot of different stories of people that we've had on that that have been able to share with us yeah so i mean it it, it, some incredible stuff so anybody that you want to hear something that'll blow your mind just start tuning in every week every friday right you release a new podcast yeah we do a new one every friday we've been um doing some on mondays as well but you can basically have it locked in every friday you're gonna you're gonna hear something new and tune in because tyler's on there and he was uh, an amazing guest to have so you need to come and listen to some of his stories that he shared as well so yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Josh, you and 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 your and your wife, you guys just came back from a, a pretty big trip in in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, it was an amazing time there. I think that that was my fourth time being in Brazil. It was relatively short compared to the others, but it was awesome because we had the opportunity to take twenty four teenagers to a missions conference in Brazil. And the cool part to me was the city that my wife is from. Uh, where her youth group is, it's about 13,000 people. It's pretty small. And none of them had ever ever been on a flight. They had never left the city, gone to a different part of Brazil. Wow. Um, And so you almost get into this bubble, like uh, we're the only kids our age that believe like this or have a heart for missions. And so we were able to take them to this conference where there was 2,000 other teenagers who came from all over Brazil to be inspired. And they had missionaries from... Lebanon and from Asia and different parts and uh, something that inspired me and was just awesome to see was that these teenagers were like oh we're not the only ones there's even though we don't see them all the time we don't have interactions with them there's other teenagers in our country that are just as inspired for missions as we are and so I think that's encouraging to know sometimes you're just not alone and uh, so they they were there and we had an amazing time. They came back to their city and they were just completely changed. You could see it in their faces. Um, yeah. Some of them, you know how it is, you know, you're timid, you're shy. And it's like some of them just came out of the little box they were and out of their <laughs> shell. And so it was just a, an awesome experience. And I, I do have to say it was funny, though, because being on their first flight as the like American like introvert, uh, we were on the <laughs> flight and when we landed, all of them collectively were screaming and, you know, you're just like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> but no, but it was just awesome to see. You're like, Oh, you forget what it's like to experience that for the first time and the excitement. Right. 
and to hear some of the stories i mean um that they had they you know it was just a great great time yeah 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 that's amazing like you know i think of the first time that i um i flew to cuba and um you know we're 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 landing and and you know so i'm just i'm just sitting in my seat just actually be like sweating nervous because this was still at a time where it was still kind of like you know questionable a gray area if americans were were supposed to be there or yeah. not it's somewhere to land and i'm just you know sweating and you know we were told at the time you know you know, all you guys on this trip, which there were seven of us, and they were like, you know, pretend like you don't know each other. So we're all sitting in different parts of the plane, yeah. you know, going, <laughs> and we hit the ground, and the whole plane just erupts in applause because it's just so it's so new to them. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, well, I don't feel very incognito with all this applause going on. So that's funny. You're no, right. No. You forget the first time to do those type of things. Yeah. And even, you know, we're excited because these teenagers, that was their first time to be on the flight to go a different part of Brazil. And now we're having plans. We're taking that same group to Portugal in April wow. of next year. So it was like, it was awesome because God always leads us in steps. And so he, his first trip for them was not like, Hey, you're going to go to Portugal. He's like, all right, let's go to this mission conference. Let me yeah. deposit some things in your heart, prepare you mentally that okay, we can do this. Cause you know, whenever we had the plan to go to this conference, it's really expensive. And so they were having to use their faith and see that God could provide for them to all be able to yeah. go. And not all of them come from a family that, you know, is well off or has a lot of finances and, you know, again, a small city. And so they didn't even know this was possible. They saw it was possible. They saw God being faithful that he was able to do that. And now we're like, you know, immediately my wife's like, we're going to Portugal next year where they're doing the same missions conference, but in Europe, which is awesome. And so we're going to go to wow. that. And it's three times more expensive to go there than it is to the other part of Brazil. But yeah, God yeah. was faithful for them to be able to go. So they're already encouraged. They're not in fear. They're not wondering if it's going to happen. It almost instilled yeah. like a confidence like, hey, God already did this. Like, so this next step, it's it's more he's more than able to do it again and so that's awesome to me to be able to see how god took him on that first step got them confident in his ability to do it and now we're we're kind of enlarging the vision okay you you went to this place first now we're gonna go and we're gonna almost do a whole nother missions experience and wow. um, something i love too at this conference we were at it wasn't just you know preaching to them we actually got to go out and do some street evangelism with them so you know, you're kind of there during the day, you're hearing um, everything that God's able to do and wants to do through you. And now let's go put it into practice. And that's a whole nother experience when you, it's not only that, you know, God can heal people or get people saved, but he can do it through you. And yeah. that is that to me, whenever I experienced that for the first time, it was just life changing to know that not only does God want to heal people, set them free, but he wants to do it through me. And yeah. so that uh, kind of just enables you once you uh, step out and do it for yourself to be confident that he can do it no matter if I'm on a mission trip or just in my home city or wherever I'm at. Well, and that's pretty, that's pretty cool too, because I mean, that, that's kind of a rare thing at a youth conference. Like, Hey, yeah. let's take what we learn and, and let's, let's just go put it into practice today. Like, like let's just yeah. go out and do it. I mean, usually, you know, we know this, you know, 
in, in, you know, your typical youth conference, youth camp in, in, in the States. And there's nothing inherently wrong with this, but it's all right, well, let's just get fed up in the summer. And, and then we can go back to school and, and come September, you know, we're just back to the way we were, you know, (laughs) you know, and, 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 but so it's just really cool to, because it, it, it attaches you to that experience Yes. where you're not living on a feeling you're, you're living on an application. You know, Absolutely, you're holding on to it. So, I mean, that, that, that is something that I think everybody needs to start doing with, yep. with their youth. And, you know, I want to ask you is, you know, you, you've heard this, I've heard this, we hear this all the time. Well, you know, the, the next generation, you know, they're, they're just, you know, going to hell in the handbasket. They're, you know, they're, they're dead in the water. You know, they got all these crazy ideas and beliefs and all these crazy things. But I mean, like you just, you just went to a conference where there are 2000 hungry youth kids ready to go out on the streets. I mean, what, what do you say to that? I mean, what, 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 what do you say? And what have you seen first that, that, that just kind of that, that belief right now that, you know, we've lost the upcoming generation. Well, it's interesting because it wasn't too long ago that everyone was saying that about us. Right. It was right. Exactly. It's like, Oh, the millennials, like they don't, they don't know. But one thing I will say is, you know, even for our generation and the generation after us, I'm so thankful for all the like generals of faith that have came before us and all the amazing testimonies that we've been able to, to hear and learn from but I feel like our generation and the generation that's coming up now, they don't want to just hear about it. They want to experience it for themselves. And mm-hmm. so they want to be able to see God move, not only um, in other people, but in their own personal lives. And so I think the only way that we can do that is to demonstrate it ourselves. And that starts yeah. with how I'm talking about them. So that younger generation, if I'm always in the mindset that they're always going to fail. They're always going to be messed up. Their belief system isn't the right way. They don't care about God. If I think like that, I'm going to talk like that and I'm going to expect that. And uh, then I'm going to, I like to say, you can't hold somebody in a place. Um, And what I mean by that is um, maybe somebody messed up. Maybe somebody did something wrong. If that's the lens that I view them for the rest of their life, I never give them room to grow or to change. You know, the way that I believed, the way that I was five years ago, I'm so glad that I don't have people in my life that hold me there because my beliefs have changed. Not, you know, they've grown. I've been able to see God in a greater capacity, his love for me, his love for the world. And so I don't want to ever hold somebody in a box, especially the young generation. They're still figuring it out. You know, they're still learning about God. They're still learning about who they are in Christ. And, you know, they may you know, the, the hard part is sometimes you'll see them at, you know, like a conference like that on fire. And then two months later, you'll see someone kind of not coming to church anymore, or there doesn't look like they're walking along the, the that uh, right path and not holding them and be like, see, I knew they were going to do that. I knew right. they were just going to come and get inspired and then just go back to the way it is. But we have to be intentional, I think, about reaching out to them and reminding them about that experience and how that wasn't a one-time thing and how God's wanting to continue to work in their life. But I'm excited for the next generation because I feel like they have a passion and a youthful energy and a zeal to go for the things of God. And they're hungry to see him start to perform a lot of the things that they've heard about from the people before them, you know? Right. And, and I, and I, and there's just, I feel the exact same way that you do. And, and, you know, 
I don't say this to have like a big ego or pride or anything, yeah. but you know, I, I do think there is a reason why, you know, the millennial generation and, and Gen Z are, are around today. You know, mm -hmm. I do believe that, you know, I mean, just turn on the news, you know, all this stuff going on in the world. And time is so short. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, end time prophecy is just lining up like ducks in a row. Yeah. And, and God chose us. He chose the generation, you know, coming up now to be the last, yes. you know, to, to be who's here. You know, he could have chose Paul. He could have chose John and Peter and, and, and Josephus, all these guys that were in the first couple centuries that, you know, have made such a huge mark. He could have, he could have swapped us with, you yeah. know, Oral Roberts and Kennedy Hagan and T.L. Osborne and R.W. Shambach and just had all these, you know, who we, you know, who we look to right now as, you know, those heroes of faith, those, those, those generals, as you said, you know, why aren't they alive now? Well, they serve their purpose at the time that God put them here. And now yes. it's our turn. And so you're right. We, we can't, and, and that's what I would say, you know, you know, that I have often seen in the generations before us hold on to those past experiences Yeah, where the generation now is saying, oh, I want, yeah, those great. Yeah. I, 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 I believe you had those experiences. I've had some experiences, but I want more. Yeah. I, I want, I want, I want it again. You know, yes. I don't, and I don't want it to be what it was. I want something new, something fresh. I don't yeah. want what's already happened. I want something that's never happened before. I want to see something that's never happened before. Yeah. And so I, I do think there is just a new hunger, a new, a new fire that people are, are, our age are wanting, especially those that are younger. They want to see, they want, they want, they want to see something that you have. Yes. Because exactly. they believe, I mean, I believe that they believe God is bigger than anything that, that has happened, anything that they've seen, anything that they've experienced. And so, you know, I'm with you. I'm just like, you know, why would you confess that over them yeah. instead of just saying, you know, like, I, you know, Jesus performed his first miracle, you know, he turned water into wine and they were like, you know, why did you bring out the best wine last? Cause yeah. God's saving the best for last. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's so good. I, I hadn't I thought about that, like that yeah. connection, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I believe that that's, that's us. Not that yeah. we're better, but we are the best that God has for the time that we're in. Yes. And so rather than tear it down, let's just build it up in, 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 push and confess because I want the, I want the generations coming after me to far exceed anything that I've done. Absolutely. And that's something I was even telling these teenagers who had never, they haven't been out of the country yet. And I'm like, listen, guys, I've been quite a few places, but I have a full hearted belief that you guys are going to be able to go more to more places than I have. And you almost, I feel like we have a responsibility to make sure that they do. And I mean, that means supporting them in prayer, first of all, supporting them financially any way that we can, you know, allowing God to speak through us and also us demonstrating to them what it can look like. Um, sometimes that's what it takes. They have to be able to, you know, you don't always have to see it to believe it, but when you do see it, it encourages your faith and causes you to step out in even more boldness and yeah. I mean, there, there was a time when, I, I mean, one of my first mission, mission trips, I went to Thailand uh, on my first trip 
And when I was there, I have to be honest, man, I was like a first year student at Rama. I had no idea how to share the gospel. I mean, I grew up in church. I knew that Jesus was Lord, but I never knew how to lead somebody and yeah. to, to receive Jesus. And so whenever somebody asked me, they're like, hey, can you come up and, and lead this person to the Lord? Man, I started in Adam and Eve. Like I started from the beginning of creation because I just didn't know, you know. But then one thing I did is I watched somebody else who was, you know, more, uh, not I wouldn't say skilled, but they had more experience in doing it and how simple it was to lead them. And then I was able to learn. And then the next time I didn't, I didn't have to start at the beginning of creation. I could talk, make it more personal, you know. And it's that same way, even with healing. You know, I, I believe 100%. I believe it's Mark 16, verse 18, that believers lay hands on the sick and the sick are made well. And, you know, if you're on, it doesn't matter if you're on a mission trip out of the country or in your yeah. hometown, that is true for you. And I love in that it doesn't say, you know, the pastor will lay hands on the sick or the apostle or the evangelist mm -hmm. or the prophet or the teacher or whoever it says the believer. So the believer, that's you and I who believe in Jesus, we have been qualified to lay our hands on the sick and see the sick made right. well. And so that's one thing to know. But then whenever you actually step out in faith, you're like, okay, I'm a believer. So if I do this, I'm going to see it. And so I remember when we were in Peru, this is my second trip, and we were in this marketplace and there was people there. Um, that had a lot of back pain. And so we had them sit down and, you know, we'd measure their legs and one of the legs would be shorter. And then we would just say, in the name of Jesus, the leg grow out. And we would watch this leg that was an inch, inch and a half shorter than the other, just grow out right before our eyes. I remember looking at my friend and I'm like, this is real. Like this is real. <laughs> this actually works. And, and so I knew it was true, but there's a difference whenever you start experiencing it and you don't have to experience it to believe it. But when you experience it, that's when it becomes, I would say, almost like a greater reality in your life. Yeah. But I can't allow that to be my reality unless I actually step out on what the word of God says, believe it to be true, and then I'll start seeing it. Yeah. And so yeah. we were at this marketplace and people were getting healed and there was this crowd that was just forming around us. And so what we would do is someone would get healed, then we give a salvation call and people would get saved. And it was almost like this revolving door of like people were coming in, getting saved, leaving, going out. And to the point where this market got so full of people that the cops actually came because we were blocking this whole market. And when they came, they were actually coming to shut us down because we were just causing a, a disturbance. Well, one of the, they came up, they saw somebody get healed right before their eyes and these cops actually who had come to stop us actually start stopping traffic and opening doors and asking people do you know anybody that's sick because there's people over here that wow. are praying for people and they're getting healed and so it was just awesome to see because those are stories you hear about but then us being young in the lord you know one of our first couple mission trips kind of things and we were seeing that and it was like wow this is not just a story i'm hearing about i'm actually experiencing this thing yeah. and then to be able to take that from okay i was in peru i was seeing these amazing things why am i seeing these things in another country but when i'm in my own city i'm not and you kind of boil that down to you could come up with a lot of excuses well they don't have doctors there, so they have to have faith or, you know, or the move of God's there in a greater way. But I, I like to take personal responsibility. I think the difference was me. 
because when I was there in Peru, I was at this like heightened awareness, like God wants to move through me today. He wants to heal somebody today. But then when I come back to my everyday life, am I still thinking that way? Am I really expecting God to do something through me today? Am I expecting people to get healed through me today? Or am I just doing the common wake up, eat, sleep, repeat? You know, it's easy to fall into the routine. And so um, I think, you know, I think everyone, if they can, should go on a short-term mission trip because it inspires you. But then the challenge after that will be, okay, how do I take what I learned on this trip and start applying it in my everyday life so I can start seeing that all the time? And that's the trap. And that, and that yeah. is the major trap of a short-term mission trip because I've gone on them and I, and, I, and I think they are absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you hear it all the time and I, and I, and I know this to be true. Like, you know, the short-term tri- mission trip does more for you than, you yes. know, it does for, for the nation. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and it's true because like what you just said, the things that you experience, the things that God reveals to you and, and puts in you is beyond measure. Yeah, but you are absolutely right. You know, it's like it's just it's just like, you know, when you're when you're kidding, you go you go to that youth conference. If you don't if you don't make it an application, then you are just going to, you know, go back to quote unquote normal life. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, that's the problem is you you had this great experience and then you go back and then it's just like, okay, now it's over and now you're going back, but it doesn't have to be over No, And I think that that's the problem just because I'm going back to the States doesn't mean I have to go back to the way things were. Yeah. But we often revert back to it. And that's just, that's the oh. trap that, you know, those, those, you know, you know, what people call mountaintop experience can do because yes. now you're back into the Valley and, and, and things, things are trying to go back to the way things were, but if you apply it, then it doesn't have to. Yes, absolutely. And I think one thing too, is just reminding yourself, there is a fire burning on the inside of me that wants to reach other people. And it's easy when you get back into the routine of life to keep, get your eyes on your life. How am I progressing? Like, what am I doing? What do I, what does God want me to do and get our eyes off of other people? But there's an actual fire burning in our hearts for other people all the time. You may not always feel like that, but I truly believe you have to remind yourself. Like I have a passion to reach the world. I have a passion to reach my community. I have a passion to reach my family. And, you know, as we do that, that actually just kind of stokes the flame. It's like we have a pilot light, like always there. But whenever we start confessing that over ourselves, we're like throwing gasoline on this fire that's just wanting to burn, uh, you know, all around us. But I love the prophet Jeremiah. And let me get there just a second. I believe it's Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. I'm going to get it here. Yeah, it says, uh, Jeremiah is talking. He says, I will not. He made like this determination. He says, I'm not going to make any mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I love when he says this. He says, I was tired of holding it back and I could not. And so here's Jeremiah. who's like, he made this determination. He's like, I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I'm not going to declare anymore in his name. But this fire within him was burning. He was so on fire for the things of God and what God wanted to do that he actually started getting tired of holding it back. And so sometimes I question if I'm getting weary, if I'm getting tired, is it because I'm frustrating this flame that's burning on the inside of me and wants to get out so badly that this weariness is really just because I'm not letting it out of me. 
And so I don't want to frustrate the grace of God that's been placed on our, in our lives because of Christ Jesus living in us and the Holy Spirit within us and upon us. I want to let it out. And so I just encourage anybody listening, whatever God has gifted you to do, let it out. Allow yeah. yourself to freely be who God created you to be because there's people around you. The word of God says that all of creation is like groaning, yearning for the sons of God to be made manifest or to reveal themselves. And so there's people in your life that are yearning and desperately seeking for you to step into who God called you to Amen. be. And the easiest way that we can do that is through humility, you know, just being humble. And something I've learned is that true humility is accepting the word of God, even above my experience or my opinion or how I feel, you know, the word of God did not become true because I believe that it's true. Yeah. The word of God is true because it's true. When I believe it's true, it becomes real to me. And so I have to humble myself and like going back to Mark 16, believers lay hands on the sick. You may say, Oh, I've already done that. I didn't see it. Well, the word of God's not going to bow to your experience. Your experience right. has to bow to the word of God. And so I would just encourage people if you've done it once or twice and you haven't seen it, keep doing it because the word of God does not change. Just keep stepping out right. and you're going to start seeing it. And, uh, you know, like the biggest thing I could tell people is true humility is accepting the word of God at face value, no matter how your experience has been with it. And, you know, all of us really are missionaries. Good. doesn't matter where you're at. We're in this world. We're not of it. We've been sitting right. here with a purpose on a mission. doesn't matter if you never leave your hometown you have a purpose and there's a reason you're in your city. There's people that need to know what you have. And even if you don't know where to start, maybe you go back to the beginning of creation when you lead somebody to the Lord, like I did. That's okay. Start somewhere and allow what's God's place on the inside of you to come out because otherwise you're just going to get tired, frustrated. You're going to be wondering what's your purpose. You've got to allow what God puts you to, to start coming out. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's two things that, that came to mind when you started talking. Number one is, you know, I think part of the problem is when we go on these trips with the, you know, because we, we have that mindset that, okay, everyone is lost. Everyone yeah. needs Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I need to talk to everyone and, and make sure that I know where they are. Well, when yeah. we get back to the States, we kind of assume everyone is saved. Yeah. No one is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so we if we just kept that mindset, you know, that, that, you know, what, what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I talk to somebody and they're already a Christian, they're not, are, are they going to get offended? No, <laughs> you know, no, not absolutely not. And, you know, you brought up Jeremiah cause that is so true. Jeremiah literally got tired of not giving everything that he had. But wow. if we also look at Jeremiah, he did not have what we would consider a successful mm. ministry. Yeah. I mean, no one gave the guy a time of day. No one cared what he had to say. No one wanted anything to do with him. But the guy just kept on going and, and, yeah. and sharing the word, sharing the gospel because he knew he had to. And, and to me, that's just a testimony of what we all should all should do. Like what you just yeah. said, who, so who cares if, if the first couple of times that you prayed for someone to get healed, they didn't get healed. You know, I think I always think of like, how many people did Todd white lay hands on yeah. before, before he saw his first healing. And now the guy, yeah, yeah, I guess it was like a thousand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he has one of the most, you know, six, you know, 
amazing healing ministries that yeah. probably the world has ever seen, you know? And so when you, when you, when you are on a mission, you know, truly on a mission, like you just said, you, you don't stop until you see it completed. Yeah. You know, like if Absolutely. we were, if we were soldiers in the military and we were sent on a mission, we couldn't just, because something initially didn't go the right way. We're not just going to be, okay, well, we have to stop, you know, yeah. until our general says enough is enough or the mission is completed. Do we have to keep going? And yeah. we are not our general. <laughs> yeah. We are, yeah. we are not in control of, of the mission. We are sent with a, per the purpose on the mission to continue to go despite what happens initially to continue to go forward and forward yeah. until Jesus comes back or the mission yeah. is completed. That's so and true. So, I mean, you, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head with that. It, it doesn't matter what, what our experiences are. Our experiences have to line up with the word of God. We yeah. can't change our doctrine. We can't change our, our, our belief based on what we feel in the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I like to, I always like to use football analogies, American football. So I apologize if someone's listening and they, they don't know what I'm about to say, but you know, they, they know, they know American football. Okay, they good, just don't good. admit it. <laughs> okay. So there we go. But it's like God, God to me, you know, he's the head coach, he's calling the plays and I've got to run the play. And there's times whenever the players, when the play gets called, they don't always, they're like, why am I, do, why are we doing this play? Like this doesn't make sense. Right. And there's sometimes like if you're doing a running play, you, you, the one run, two runs, you get like, you get no yardage. You don't go anywhere. It seems like, but then that third one, you break through and you run down the field and you score a touchdown. But if they had given up after the first two plays, they would have never got to the end zone. And it's sometimes like that when we're working out our salvation and we're stepping out in faith, we do something one or two times. And then we get frustrated and we're like, oh, maybe I'm not gifted in this. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Tyler, I don't know about you, but the first time that I ministered in front of people was really not that great, just to be honest. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, and I could have stopped there and been like, you know what? I'm not graced for this. I'm not gifted for this. Or I could just say, you know what? I'm going to get better every time I do it. It's like another rep in football or when you're lifting weights. It's yeah. like when you first start, you can't always lift Three, you can't always squat 300 pounds or bench 300 pounds. It's really lightweight, but you get better over time. And, and uh, so I just encourage people just because you're not good the first time you do it doesn't mean you're going to always stay there. You're, you're, right. give, your, give yourself some grace and some ability to grow. Yeah. And uh, I love it. I think it's Ephesians 4.29. It says, don't let any corrupt speech proceed from your mouth, but only that which can be, can be used for encouragement or exhortation, that it may give grace to the listener. And so that means don't ever, even to yourself, don't ever talk bad about yourself, lift yourself up right. because when you encourage yourself, when you exhort yourself in the Lord, what happens is you're actually giving grace to yourself to be able to do what God has called you to do. So I had to change my thinking, you know, whenever I would get up to, to minister, I used to have like extreme anxiety, like nerves and everything. And I would have to tell myself, no, God asked you to do this. You've been graced to do it. Yeah. You can do it. And it's one another another thing is it's not about you. It's not yeah. about whether you look good or not. It's not about um, whether you get results you think you should get. It's about you just being obedient, stepping into it, and allowing God to work through your life. And I would say it's the same way when you step out to uh, you know, pray for somebody. It's 
you know, you had mentioned Todd White and he really talked about this. He said the, the one reason that we don't approach people, whether it's to get out, offer salvation or to pray for them is because we're afraid of them rejecting us. And yeah. it's not about you. It's, and if they reject it, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting yeah. what God's offering to them. And so that exactly. kind of frees you a little bit and say, okay, yeah. I'm getting out of my mind here and I'm just going to go do what I know is right and allow that to for for God, you know, we sow, we water, God provides the increase. And so we have to sow and water to allow him to right. do that. Right. Yeah. Well, and that and that's and that is the thing that I don't think we can ever say it enough that the Bible simply says to go out into the world and share the gospel. Yep. You know, you are not the one that is responsible for what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they reject you, if they if they you know, don't want to accept it right then that is, that's not on you. You know, if you share the word, if you offer the prayer in love, and that's, that's the key too. you gotta, yeah, you, yeah. you're going to be like, well, I shared it with them and you, but you right. were angry the whole time. Then maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay, then that might be on you. But you know, if you're doing it in love and, and it doesn't pan out the way that, you know, we want it to, that, it's not, that's not a reflection of you. Yeah. And it's not a rejection of you. You know, and I just had somebody on the podcast before and they and they, and they said, you know, well, it, you know, if, if they, if they, if, if they reject you, so what, you're never going to see that person again. So, true. you know, yeah. so, so why, why are you so worried about the affirmation of somebody that first of all, you don't know, and you are never going to see again? Yeah. You know, why, why? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and that fear is, you know, you, it's kind of like, you know, like you just said, you know, when you, when you, when you're doing reps, when you're working out or, or when you're practicing, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Yes. You know, you know, you said, you know, the first time you ministered and, and um, you know, my, my, my biggest train wreck was when I first started to lead worship. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my mom, who's, who's just a fantastically gifted singer, you know, she just said, well, you, you need to listen to yourself sing. And I was like, well, if I listen to myself sing, I'm never going <laughs> to sing again. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and the better you get. Yeah. It's just, it's just true. You know, like, you know, right now I'm, I'm in the process of learning Spanish in, in, and in order for me to get to the point where I can speak fluently, a lot of quote unquote, quote unquote errors have to be made Yeah, to, to grow. You know, yes. if you want to get stronger when you're working out, then pain has to happen. Yeah, You know, if you always work out to where you're always comfortable, then you are never going to get to the point that you want to be. Yeah, that's so true. And so Man. you just have to, you have to endure those, those moments of uncomfortability. And I, you know what, actually, I think it might've been you, and this has always stuck with me. I think you might've said this when I was at Bible school and one of the, one of the days that we were out, you know, drinking coffee or, or something, if God is our comforter, then we have to first get out of our comfort zone to allow him to be our comforter. Yeah. And so yeah. It involves discomfort. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's so true, though, because 
I mean, I, I just to relate it to, you know, saying ministering, that's was really uncomfortable for me. And so yeah. that was whenever, you know, you have those phrases and those things that are true, but now you're having to apply it. And that means being like, God, you're with me right now. And the only reason that he told us that he's our comforter is because he knew it was going to be uncomfortable. There was going to exactly. be things he asked us to do that were not going to be fun to us in our minds or emotionally or in our flesh or whatever you want to call it. We, there was going to be times that what we were called to do or what we were supposed to do was not going to be comfortable. And that's the whole purpose that the Holy Spirit's with us. And so that's, you know, going back to, you know, if you've been gifted, like if you're a musician or you're a singer or you're an artist or whatever you are, you can allow God to start using you and in, uh, in, in unique ways, ways that yeah. you're not used to. And, you know, Tyler, even as a musician, there's probably times where you felt like a leading by the Holy Spirit, maybe to step out and to sing something new that wasn't written down. And right. that can be uncomfortable too, you know, that's right. like, and so do you have like an example of that? Like something that happened oh, to you? I, I mean, there was times all the time when um, I was leading worship at my parents' church where, you know, um, whether it was, cause I am, first of all, I am not a big um, believer in talking as the worship leader. I got you. I, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't like doing that, especially in worship. You know, yeah. to start off, obviously you want to give an exhortation to get people yes. in. Yes. yes. To, to back end it, you know, as you end. Yeah, absolutely. To help transition those things very necessary, but you know, it really takes me out of worship when the worship leader, you know, says something at the end of every song. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to hear you. I'm not here for that. <laughs> you know? Um, so there would be times that, that God would be like, Hey, I want you to stop. And I want you to say this. And I'm like, oh. It's not me. <laughs> I don't even like that when other people do it. I don't, yeah, no. exactly. I don't like it when other people do it. And so, uh, you know, so I'd have to, I'd have to stop and I'd really, I'd really be struggling with through the whole song. And I finally be like, all right, all right, well, let's just stop. And, and so I give the word and, and, and it's just, the atmosphere would just change. Cause I yielded. Yes. And you know, it's not that if I didn't say those things, would we have still had a good service? Yes. Because the God, God moves despite you, yes, but there are absolutely. times where he yields to you to allow you to yield to him. Hmm. And so if I, if I didn't do that, we would still would have had a good service, but it wouldn't have been to the fullest extent that God had in store for us that particular Sunday. And so, so you know, good. when I shared the word that God, I believe that God gave me for, you know, even if it was, you know, I would never point an individual out as the worship yeah. leader because it's not my service, but I knew, I would know sometimes exactly who I'm speaking to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I could just see it on their face. They start weeping. They, they come to the altar and, 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 and kneel down and, and worship even more, engage more than they were before. And, and that never would have happened if, if you didn't yield. And, and one thing that I learned, you know, just when I stepped out into, into full-time ministry was that the things that God puts in you and gives you, they're not for you. Yeah. So, so true. it, it is, it is irresponsible and is almost selfish to hold on to those things. Yeah when at the times where God is saying, Hey, I want you to do this because it's not for you. It's for, even if it's just for that one person, one person. God wanted to use you for them. 
And so yeah. you not doing that is depriving someone else of what God wants to do. Yeah. And that just, to me, just shows the character of God that he would kind of just not stop a service, but interrupt a service just to get to that one person. And so that one from person. the very beginning, that's how he's always been. He'll leave the 99 yeah. for the one. He'll always go after that one person. Yeah. But the cool part is that we get to be co-laborers in him doing that. Yeah. And so that means, again, going back to humility or, or yielding to the Holy Spirit when he wants to do something, um, just allow him to do it. Because there really are people that need that touch or that word or whatever it is from God yeah. in that moment. And it's really, you know, not to say it's, you know, put it like an unhealthy burden on us, but we do have a responsibility as co-laborers with God yeah. to allow him to do those things so that we can fulfill what he's called us to do. And it's not always going out and praying for somebody. It's, you know, sometimes I think the best thing we can do is smile at someone, be nice, yeah. give them a compliment. I can't tell you how many times, you know, whenever I was praying for somebody um, to get saved, my motivation was not that at the beginning. It was because I don't necessarily like going up to someone and saying, if you die today, would you go to heaven or hell? You know, I right. like to be a little more like tactful with it. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. <laughs> um, some, I mean, there was a guy that I was just like, Hey man, I really like your shoes. And what I'm really doing is like just finding a way to compliment to like break down any little wall that they may have of like, why is this guy approaching me or, right. you know, whatever. Right. And then you start a conversation and let it lead there. You don't have to just come in. It's almost to me, cause whenever you give someone an invitation for salvation, you're really asking them to enter into a marriage with God. And imagine you yep. met somebody and the first time you meet them, they're like, do you want to marry this person? And you're like, like, that's the first thing you approach them with. Like, you just want to marry this person. It's like you have it. I think sometimes you can go in and you can tell them about the character of God and, and demonstrate it. And that opens the door to them wanting to enter into a relationship. And so, yeah, I don't know why I went there, but was... <laughs> no, it, it, but it's true. It's true. I mean, you, 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 and that, and that's another thing that, you know, I feel like you and I, we could talk about this forever, but like, that's, that's another thing that people don't, don't always understand that it's about discipleship too. And so there is, there is a point where you do need to be upfront with, yes, with what, yes. with what they're getting into, Yeah, you know, because you, because again, it's, it's a disservice to just say, you know, Hey, you know, these are all the benefits. Yes, yes. You know, yes. You know, and, 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 and that's what you need to do where, I mean, it's not like there's, I mean, God's not asking anything that's going to cost you when in the grand scheme of things, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It might cost you maybe a, a, a little bit of monetary comfort, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not going, it's not costing you anything. You're gaining everything. But you do, there is a point where you do need to, to be upfront, especially when discipling after they, yeah. even after they accept salvation, it doesn't stop there. No, you know, there, 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 there has to be more. That's and yeah, maybe you door, are, right? It's like exactly. just the first step. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you aren't going to be the person that, that disciples them, but it's yeah. still a responsibility of you to get them to a place where they can be disciples. Yes. hundred percent. You know, yeah. you know, and we forget and, that. Yeah. And that's one, another thing too, is like, maybe you're 
you're not always the person going out and getting them through the door, but maybe when they're in the door, you're the one that is helping disciple them. You yeah. may not be, and you may be that there's different roles for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and don't just stay in whichever realm you're comfortable with. You know, if you're like, well, I'm better at, you know, helping disciple someone. Well, sometimes God may ask you to go catch the fish too and the right. vice versa. And, uh, you know, that's one thing, and I don't want to take too much time, but, uh, you know, when I was in mission school, um, I would, after I went on the trips, I came back and I talked to Joe Dunnick, who's the director. And I said, man, I just feel like I'm an evangelist because I just love going out and preaching and, and getting people saved. And he's like, yeah, well, it is more fun to catch fish than to clean them. And I was like, yeah, exactly. exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe I just enjoy that aspect, but that's just the, the beginning part. You, you know, that's just the first step to getting people in and yeah. really discipleship, you know, yeah. Getting them to say, accept Jesus is hugely important, but that's not, like you said, that's not where it stops. That's really the beginning and it's not all benefits. Yes, there, there is a cost and you're going to be asked to lay down some things that you've made you comfortable or you've gotten used to. And, um, so it, but the, the cool part is, is that even as we're the ones doing that, we're graced to do it and God is with us. And, you know, even those people, when they do have a cost or something, they're having to get up, give up, they're never having to do it alone. That's the, the yeah, amazing yeah. ministry of the Holy spirit, which I'm so thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, amen. Well, Hey Josh, before we close, would you mind, uh, would you mind praying us out? Yeah. Well, Father, I just thank you so much for everybody that's listening. I believe that you have a call and a purpose and a destiny for their life. And I think that, that anyone that is listening, you're bringing illumination to their spirit, giving them steps for the next thing they're supposed to do. Maybe there's one person they need to talk to. Maybe there's one thing they need to change. Whatever it is that you have for them, start revealing those things to them. I thank you that they have an increase in vision and grace upon their life and that they're going to start seeing results as they start stepping out, trusting your word and experiencing you more in a greater way. So Father, we just thank you so much for your grace being upon everyone. And uh, we just believe Jesus, that you're the comforter, Holy Spirit, you're the comforter and you're with everyone, no matter what they're going through. And we're thankful for it today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, Josh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so we're on uh, all the major platforms, Spotify, um, Apple, we're on SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you search Greg Rich Ministries, um, you'll be able to find us. It's spelled G-R-E-G-U-R-I-C-H, Ministries. It's a little, it's a strange uh, way to spell it, but uh, yeah, just search that. Or you can search my name, Josh X, and that'll, it'll pop up that way as well. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again. Um, yeah, man. When the Absolutely. schedule allows it, I know you are recording constantly. Yes, so yes. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to join me on the podcast. It meant a lot, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate it as well. And guys, go listen to uh, the podcast that we did with Tyler as well. If you didn't uh, have a chance to yet, so. But Tyler, again, thank you so much, man. And we'll we'll catch up soon. All right. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Millennial Missions Podcast. We invite you to visit our website, millennialmissions.org, to read blog posts, find resources, and most importantly, to connect with us. See you next time.